Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. Man, I don't know about you. I don't know how you're feeling today, but I am just, I am just so excited to spend the next two hours, the next 120 minutes. I am so excited to, uh, I'm so excited to spend the next two hours of our time together discussing the royal family and the bombshells that we learned in the Oprah Winfrey uh, interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Wasn't that, I have to tell Was I stayed up way too late. Uh, listening to all, I'm just totally kidding. I'm not even gonna, I don't even have one clip from that. <laughs> I think two hours with the Royals. I, do, I will say this though, that we don't need to discuss it at all because number one, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure nobody cares. Hey, how about some real news? Nobody cares about some privileged Royals. Exactly. And number two, Megan Kelly, formerly of Fox News, she appeared on Great Good Morning Britain or Great Good Great Britain Morning or I don't know, one of those shows. And uh, and she summed it up. I'll be on in like 30 seconds. She summed up the entire interview perfectly. So we'll just let her explain everything you may have missed in the two hour interview with Oprah Winfrey yesterday. What I saw tonight was somebody who is totally unself-aware. I mean, completely unaware of how she sounded. Right. Like I I wasn't planning on saying anything shocking, except for my husband's racist family almost drove me to suicidal thoughts. While I was pregnant with my baby, <laughs> I have to tell you, you know, none of that on the on the like none of that on the exterior is anything to laugh about or joke about. But the way Megyn Kelly sums it up, I'll be honest with you, it's really it pretty much was the entire interview. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything shocking except my husband's racist family almost drove me to suicide while I was pregnant with my baby. There was actually a little bit more too. And by the way, I, I had no idea what the internet said about Harry. Nobody believes that. And I, I thought meeting the queen was going to be just like meeting a celebrity in Los Angeles, like like meeting a Kris Jenner. Right. Like nobody believes that. And there was one point where uh, at the beginning of this interview, Meghan Markle said, I didn't know about Harry. I never Googled him. And I thought to myself, I, I mean, that's immediately I walked in. My wife was watching. I saw that. That's when I mentally checked out because I thought to myself, that's a lie. Everybody Googles everybody. Before you hire somebody, you Google them. Before you date somebody, you Google them. Before you go home to visit their family, you I mean, we you Google everything. If somebody calls me and I don't recognize the phone number, I don't answer it. I Google the number to see who it was. And when it says, you know, Office of the State Auditor, I just go, great. And I put it in my, my phone so I know not to answer that anymore. Or if it's like my boss's new cell phone, so, you know, I'm like, great, we're going to make sure that we, we make a note of that. So clearly this whole thing was, uh, I believe, I believe kind of for show. And so does Megyn Kelly. Then she goes on to say, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in any of the grandeur. You know, there's an article already up in the New York Post here in the States saying, this is the person who had Clooney and Oprah at her wedding, even though she didn't even know them, and then covered herself in blood diamonds from the Saudi prince. So, like, spare us that you're not into any of the grandeur. And then while she's spinning this tale about how tough she had it in the castle, how lonely she was in the castle, um, she's she's painting herself in sort of these adorations, like, I, I'm, it was incredibly courageous of me to come forward about my depression. And I just love saving things. And it was like, it was just peppered with these compliments of herself while she was making these complaints that will be 
totally unrelatable to 99% of the people out there. <laughs> Man, Megyn Kelly, on it's Megan versus Megan, isn't it? And I kind of think, you know, I don't know. I know Megyn Kelly's tried a couple of things. I know she's been doing a couple of things. But I'll be honest with you. I think that she may have found her niche. I think if, if getting back into the news business doesn't work for her, if there's no opportunities, she should go into celebrity gossip because she's great at ripping these, these, these pretentious celebrity liberal royals to shreds. I mean, she did it brilliantly and made me LOL. And uh, and so that's definitely something that's anyway, that's all you need to know about the royal interview. That's all you need to know about what happened um, with Oprah and the uh, and the uh, the prince and the former prince and princess. Like, I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what they are anymore. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. And today's show, there's a lot of people. A lot of things happen over the, the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, where I I'll be honest with you. I just am having trouble sympathizing with people like, for example, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. They they turned in their crowns. They turned in their royal titles. They left Buckingham Palace or wherever the hell they lived and they flew to L.A. In California, which is basically locked down, and now they don't have security. They have to fend for themselves. They have to get real jobs, and they're on the Oprah Winfrey special complaining about it. It's a very typical millennial, uh, far-left socialist thing to do. We're seeing it all over this weekend, and I, I feel no sympathy. And I don't think you should feel sympathy either, and probably... Probably you don't. Also, what's there is Senator Murkowski in Alaska. She is of the seven senators who voted to impeach Donald Trump. There were seven senators who this time around voted to rather remove Donald Trump from office. She is the only one who's up for reelection next year. So, of course, President Trump released a statement over the weekend saying he's basically going to spend a majority of his time in Alaska trying to unseat um, unseat uh, Lisa Murkowski. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure that she does not win her reelection in uh, in the Senate. And, uh, you know, and this is a this is going to be a, a real show. It's going to be a real battle because there's Congress people who we know of. Liz Cheney comes to mind. Adam Kinzinger comes to mind. They're the two at the top. But don't, there's like eight others that we need to keep tabs on. There's senators out there who were disloyal, like, well, Ben Sass, we know. And and and, and Mitt Romney, no shocker there. We know about Pat Toomey, but he's not running for re-election. The dude from North Carolina, um, you know, same thing. So Donald Trump's got his mo his eyes set on the on the current on the most on the closest targets. And that is the elections coming up in 2022 of Lisa Murkowski in the Senate and a bunch of uh, Congress people um, in, you know, well, the Congress, because that's where Congress people are. And uh, and it's going to be something fun and exciting to watch. And I think what you're going to see, because Donald Trump, he's he's not just about He's not just about the Republican Party. He wants Trump Republicans. He's not just about the Republican Party. We can be all over the, the map. We can do whatever we want to do. You can be this faction. We can be that faction. We've all got to come together and be of one mind. And if you're not, if you stray from the fold, if you're if you're not, you know, voting with if you're not with us, you're against us. And in this really close, I mean, look at this covid relief package that passed 50 to 49 Look at it. It was 50 votes to 49. Every single one of the Democrats voted together. 49 of the 50 Republicans voted together. The, the 50th was not. He was out of town. He had to go to like his father-in-law's. It was Dan Sullivan, by the way, from Alaska. He had to go to his father-in-law's funeral. But it, I mean, when you're that close, when you have a razor thin margin separating the country and when you look at pretty much the entire country, it's that close. All the way around. When that's how it looks in, in this political climate, you cannot afford to lose anybody. 
So if anyone's out there voting with the Democrats, if anyone's out there voting against the Republicans and claiming to be part of the family, you really have to you really have to take a good look at them and say, hey, if, are we you know, maybe that's kind of like, you know, the the Megan and the and the Harry. If you want to be a royal, if you want to live in the palace, if you want all the money, if you want all the blood diamonds, if you want George Clooney and Oprah Winfrey at your at your at your wedding, that's great. You could have all that. But you've got to be with us. You know, you've got to you've got to think like us and you've got to believe what we do and you've got to act like we do. If you don't, if you want to go live that Hollywood lifestyle and if you want to be able to do and say whatever with no repercussions, if you don't want to be loyal to anybody except yourself, then that's you have that choice. But you can no longer be one of us. And that's kind of the message that a lot of Republicans, Liz Cheney, Lisa Murkowski, Adam Kinzinger and a handful of others are getting. From Donald Trump, who is still basically the king of the castle uh, when you're talking about the GOP. 855-765-104. We'll get into some of that for you. We'll get into some of the we'll get into some of the Democrats. And these are my favorite stories who are shocked, shocked at what Joe Biden is doing. They are they can't believe he's breaking his promises that he made just a few months ago during the election. We'll get to that. We've got some of your phone calls coming up here uh, in just a minute. Stay tuned. This is the Mark Hay Show. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. We have a lot of um, information to get you about this. There's a couple things going on in the Senate. First of all, the uh, the Senate did pass the COVID-19 relief bill, but it's got to go back to the House now because they changed a whole bunch of stuff. There were apparently, I mean, they were working all through the night. They were debating over the weekend. Uh, you know, I heard that senators were sleeping in the coat closet or something. Rick Scott, this was a big thing. Rick Scott, gov- uh, the uh, former governor senator now from Florida, apparently he was so tired that he had to put on his reading glasses. And that was a big that's a big barometer of how long these things took, apparently, because in the media, it's like Rick Scott from Florida, who normally doesn't wear glasses, was seen with spectacles on late into the evening. So that's apparently one way to think that these people uh, these people are they're working really hard, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if arguing is working really hard. I mean, I argue for two hours a day. It's pretty it's not really daunting. I don't really get tired afterward. But apparently these senators uh, that were arguing back and forth, they did. Now, a couple of things you should know. Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who was long considered a swing vote, he held out to uh, reduce the unemployment benefit from $400 to $300, which I know what you're thinking. It's only $100, but I guess when you peppered it through everybody collecting unemployment, it turns out to be millions and millions and millions, if not billions. And that's important because, as Joe Manchin knows, which... It would be easier if this guy just became a Republican, easier for everyone, I'll, I'll be honest with you. But as, as Joe Manchin knows, and a lot of Republicans know because they all voted against it, is that if you if you make unemployment more attractive to people who aren't working, there's a chance that they may not go back to work. If you make it easier for people to make money by not working than it is for them to work, or let's think about, think about it this way. If you make 500 bucks, I don't know what, a month at your crummy job, but then you're getting 400 bucks a month just doing nothing. It might be worth your time to just sacrifice that $100 knowing that you're not going to be gone for nine hours a day uh, or whatever it is. So that, and that's one of the issues is that the unemployment rates in a lot of places, especially during the pandemic, were so attractive that working was the worst option. And you can't have that. And you can't have that in American society. You can't have that in any capitalist society that wants to uh, experience growth and that wants to promote, you know, 
anti-laziness. I don't know. What do you, what's the opposite of laziness? Uh, you know, being a, a productive member of society, I guess, I guess doing stuff. Um, so that's something that, that was a big sticking point. Uh, the Democrats, however, a lot of them don't care if people work or not, because if they don't work and, uh, and they just get money from the government, then the government controls every aspect of their lives. And that's what they want. They want the government to control every aspect of your lives. They want the government to be bigger because they are the government. Um, whereas on the other side, they want you to go back to work. Why? Because they own businesses and they need people to go work there. 855-765-1045. There was also some contention about some Planned Parenthood provisions that Rand Paul was able to have removed, which we'll get to here in just a minute. But first, uh, let's go to Dawn in Connecticut, who's been waiting very patiently. Hi, Dawn. Happy Monday. How are you? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You're great at what you do. Oh, thanks. So I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse of 16 years. Okay. And I'm a born again Christian. And I had a vision uh, last December about the COVID that was coming because as I watched it, as it was unfolding in China. Yeah. yeah. And God gave came to me, and so fast forward to March of last year. Okay. My patient, who I take care of, severely disabled children in their homes. Yeah. Uh, his da- her dad is an RN at the Danbury Hospital. He got it, gave it to me, and I knew to ask for steroids and antibiotics. Right, yeah. The, qu- the question was, so it's like the cold flu, only the mutation was stronger. I'd lost my smell and sense of taste for a month and a half. Okay. Severely weak for two months. Yikes. Here's the issue that yeah. I have at hand is how we allowed our loved ones to die alone in these nursing homes and the hospitals, how they've prevented the people. Had we not, after paying taxes, have we lost all our rights in the United States? I don't get it. And now if it comes down to it for mandation of these these experimental vaccines that the rats don't want to taste until the human trials are over, um, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to end up losing my job. And I'm the major breadwinner in my household right yeah, now, yeah. unfortunately. Oh, no. You know, just... It's sad how we've lost all our rights, and I don't get it how nobody's going after it. And this Fauci, they find that he's had his hands dabbling in it and got some paperwork, and they know that Gates is um, corrupt. How are they allowing it? It's like, have we lost all control on the right? Yeah, Don, you know, I pre- first of all, uh, thank you so much for the call, and we appreciate what you do. And thanks for sharing that story uh, about you. By the way, what did God say to you in the vision? Um, that I was not to fear it. Yeah. Um, that people need to. That this is. A, it's going to be called the Great Awakening, yeah. which I was surprised that it came through yeah. to fruition. And no, that's, um, that's, I mean that's you don't you that, don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's classic. That's it. That sounds exactly. That's classic God. That, that's classic God. Don't fear it. It's a Great Awakening. That's classic God. So uh, I believe you. But the, you know, there's there's something interesting that's happening, and I think people. The problem is everything gets twisted. But I think you really have to look at this a certain way. There's new numbers coming out about how COVID um, cases are declining, how hospital beds are not nearly as full as they were, how people aren't dying of COVID-19 the way they used to, how we've we've turned the corner. And a lot of people say, well, of course, Mark Biden's president now, so they don't need this anymore. They got rid of Trump already. That's one that's one way to look at it. But there's another way that I want you to look at it, too. And I'll explain that to you here in just a minute because we have to take a quick break. It's the Mark K Show, 855-765-1045. Quick break. We'll be right back. I'm out here at work right now, working for the money I make. What if I don't want a $1,400 stimulus check? Too bad. You're going to take it and you're going to like it. And it doesn't matter if you want the money or not. You know what? We may even just deposit it directly into your bank account and you will have no say in the matter whatsoever. Blah, blah, bliggity, blah. 
Um, of course, a lot of people thought that they were getting a lot of people thought that they were getting more than fourteen hundred dollars, especially people in Georgia. Do you remember during the campaign when Joe Biden uh, came forward and said he came down to Georgia and he said, vote for Warnock, two thousand dollar stimulus check. And everyone was like, "Woo, yay, we'll vote for Ossoff. We'll vote for Warnock. We'll get our two thousand dollar stimulus check. And that's exactly what happened. They both got elected. But the two thousand dollar stimulus check, it never came. And it turns out that it's not going to be two thousand dollars. It's going to be fourteen hundred dollars and maybe not even that much, depending on how much money you make and where you live and all that kind of what you do for a living. So Joe Biden breaking some promises. And the problem with promises is, especially when you're, you know, in this day and age of social media where everything's recorded and everything's broadcast, everything goes viral is that people remember them. And CNN was out somewhere, somewhere up north. I want to say Minnesota or Michigan. They found some guys ice fishing. And they went out, CNN went out on the ice, and they found a Democrat who was ice fishing, and they asked him about the stimulus, and they asked him about the money. And this is what this Democrat uh, being interviewed by CNN said about Joe Biden and his stimulus check. Uh, listen carefully. They're putting that stimulus check on the back burner. They're putting the minimum wage hike on the back burner. And they're dropping bombs in Syria right now. And those bombs are kind of expensive for a dude who owes me $2,000. There's... <laughs> Those bo- they're dropping bombs in Syria. Man, those bombs are pricey, and that dude owes me $2,000. Did you hear what he said there? This is very key. I want you to listen to this because he said for, that you can get tell a lot from this. At first, it was funny. We all got to chuckle. Ha, ha, ha. Biden owes me two grand, and he's dropping. Just give me one of them bombs. I could sell it for probably more. Uh, but but if you listen to the way he said it, if you listen to the verbiage, first of all, he's like, look, they're putting they're putting the covid relief checks on the back burner. They're putting the fifteen dollar minimum wage on the back burner. This guy's dropping bombs in Syria and he owes me two thousand dollars. He owes me. I have that money owed to me. Why? Why would this guy think that Joe Biden owes him two thousand dollars? He promised him two thousand dollars. He promised him COVID relief, but is that owing him? Did this guy do anything in turn for that money? Just being an American during a pandemic, is that what qualifies you to have the government owe you $2,000? This is the big problem with being a Democrat and falling for the lies of Joe Biden and other other Congress people and, and Democratic senators and, and political candidates who go out there and will tell you whatever it is they need to tell you to guarantee that you vote for them. Then when the rubber needs to hit the road, guess what? There's the road, but there's no rubber on it. When they when it comes time to pay the bills, I'm a little short this month. Would you take fourteen hundred for the two thousand that I offered you? Everybody in Georgia remembers they went out and voted for Warnock and Ossoff, not because they represent the state of Georgia, because they don't. They're placeholder votes. They're guaranteed votes in the Democrat column. If you don't believe that those two guys are going to vote every single way Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer tell them to vote from now for the next six years, then you then you're you're crazy. I'm just going to call. I'm sorry. I I probably don't know you, but you're just you're you're fooling yourselves. That's exactly what they were put in place for. And everyone in the state of Georgia was owed was owed or promised two thousand dollars. Now, Joe Biden, he can't come up with it. And Democrats everywhere are furious because they were owed that money.
Republicans, a lot of them, like this guy, is like, look, I don't even want the money. It's $1.9 trillion that we don't need to spend. Let's get back to work. Let's open up our businesses. Let's open up our restaurants. Let's get the kids back to school so we don't have to stay home and play nursemaid anymore. Let's get the economy chug, chug, chugging along, and then maybe we could all make more than $1,400. Maybe we could get that $2,000. Stop thinking that the government and Joe Biden owes you and go back to work and make the money for yourself. Don't live indebted to the government. Don't live indebted to Joe Biden. But that's exactly what happens because Joe Biden went out and bought votes. He bought votes with the promises of $2,000 stimulus checks, and now he can't deliver, and now people are ticked off. Not only that, you know who else is mad about the American Recovery Act? It's the pro-life evangelicals for Biden. I kid you not, this is an actual group of people. The pro-life evangelicals for biden these are a group of pro-life catholics and pro-life christians who got together and supported joe biden okay which is i mean it's like i don't know how you're a pro-life evangelical and a biden voter the two things just i mean they go and they're in direct contrast with each other it's like being a pregnant nun or being the ceo of bed bath and beyond and you and sleeping on a my pillow you know you can't just they don't just they don't you know just urge just butting heads the whole time. But there's a group of them. There's there's hundreds of them or even thousands of these pro-life evangelicals for Biden. And they wrote an open letter regarding the American Recovery Act. And they said, we are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief packages exclusion of the Hyde Amendment, a longstanding bipartisan policy that prevents taxpayer funding for abortion. We're even more upset that the Biden administration is supporting this bill. As pro-life leaders in the evangelical community, we publicly supported President Biden's candidacy with the understanding that there would be engagement with us on the issue of abortion and particularly the Hyde Amendment. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support, and we gave it on the condition there would be active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issue of abortion. There has been no dialogue since the campaign. What? You're, you're kidding. Joe Biden promised that if you voted for him as a pro-life evangelical Christian, that he would open up a dialogue with you on, a, on abortion and would do nothing at all to jeopardize the Hyde Amendment and would never dream of using government-paid money or government-funded uh, you know, uh, money for, for abortion. That would never happen. And they bought it, and they voted for him, and they supported it. And guess what? I'm sorry, who is this? Pro-life evangelicals for Biden? Wrong number. Click. That's what happens when they call the White House. When they send an email saying, uh, we would like to meet with President Biden per our agreement, they get back, uh, I'm sorry, this user's mailbox is full. That's what's happening to people all over. People who were dumb enough to fall for the empty promises of a politician who did nothing for 47 years is still doing nothing and would do and say anything to get your vote, whether it's promising you $2,000 in stimulus money if you vote the way he wants in the Senate, whether it's promising you an open dialogue on abortion if you go against every single moral value you hold and support a pro-abortion person under the guise of being a pro-life evangelical. It's, I mean, I don't I really can't. I have no sympathy for people. I apologize. I'm sorry you got swindled. I'm sorry you got bamboozled. 
But, I mean, the, the best you can do is go to Joe Biden and tell him to his face that he's a phony. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. Uh, I'm, that's President Lion Dog Face Pony Soldier to you. Uh, the evangelicals, uh, the pro-life evangelicals for Biden, they continue. We feel used and betrayed and have no intention of simply watching these kinds of efforts happen from the sidelines. Really? What That's exact. What are you going to do? Send out another press release? You have no power. You handed it all to Joe Biden. You were a Catholic. You were pro-life and you voted for a, a, a pro-choice Democrat. You basically made a you made a deal with the devil. And now you're wondering why it's so hot in here. Why is it so hot? Why am I sweating so much? I don't understand. Eight, five, five. 765-1045 is our number. Even pro-life evangelicals for Biden. I'll be honest with you. I've I've heard of everything now. 855-765-1045. Quick break. We'll get some of your phone calls here in just a minute. We'll talk a little bit more about Donald Trump's war on Alaska. Uh, more specifically, Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski. And H.R. Uh, 1's coming down the pike. Is it going to pass? Will elections be federalized? And if so, what will happen to the Republican Party? All that and more on the way. Stay tuned. It's the Mark Show. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show. My name's Mark K, 855-765-1045. We're getting some open mics in today, too, which is great. It's currently 44 degrees in L.A. this morning. That's lower awesome, the most awesome part of this great nation, Florida. Feels good. Skies are clear, upright and vertical, and on top of the grass. Couldn't be better. See, I like that's the kind of attitude uh, we need more of. We look, we're upright and vertical on top of the grass. Couldn't be better. There's nothing to worry about uh, except for the Democrats ruining the United States of America and the and the country and the way of life that we love. But uh, but you know we'll we'll keep them uh, we'll keep an eye on that for you. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five. Uh, one oh four five is our number real quick. Let's get to uh, let's get to a couple more phone calls here before the top of the hour. And then we need to dive into um, to uh, Donald Trump versus Lisa Murkowski. And we just got a breaking news alert on our WOKV app. Josh, what was the breaking news alert that we just got? It was that Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, who is a fixture in the Republican establishment in yeah. Congress, will not seek reelection for 2022. Look at that. So Roy Blunt is out, which opens up yet another uh, position in the Republican Party for Senate. In Missouri, um, the other senator from Missouri, of course, is Josh Hawley. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that race. I'm sure that Josh Hawley will now become the senior senator from Missouri, which is the guy's like 34, 39 years older. He's a young guy. He's got all his hair still. So that's kind of interesting. Are there um, any discounts that come with being a senior senator, like a 10 percent off luncheon or something? I think you just get free. I mean, I think you get free everything. Oh, they have it? they have one of the nicest dining halls in the in the in capital uh, in the Capitol building. You just walk in and they whatever you want, they bring it to oh, you. Man. I mean, yeah, be, being a senator comes with perks, no matter what level you are. You get the best <laughs> health care, better than the health care the rest of us get. You get this amazing pension. You get I mean, I don't know. I mean, apparently. Uh, you get free bagels because uh, a couple of them had bagels. Uh, going, it's really, it's really fantastic. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. This is uh, who's been waiting here. Oh, this is Stephanie in Palm Coast. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Um, good morning, Shucky Ducky. Yeah, Shucky um, Ducky to you. Thank you. Um, two things I wanted to quick talk about. Okay. Um, HR1 is scaring the hell out of me. Yeah. I hope that everyone, and I've made my calls to my senators, 
Um, I hope everybody calls their senators and tells them to vote no on that. Um, secondly, you had a guy call on Friday um, asking how these people keep getting voted in. Yeah. And I have to come back to saying I, I worked 20% of the, the country selling. I was a vendor selling to the board of, you know, elections. Sure. And those people are crooked as hell. They are all Democrats. They're the ones counting our votes. They're the ones that brag about what they can do. I used to see them at, you know, conferences where they would tell me all kinds of stuff. They need to be put under a microscope. They need to be the, something on the Republican level. You, you, they've got to step up because it feels like the Dems are always three steps ahead and the Republicans aren't doing enough. We really need to watch these people. They're the ones counting our votes. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, and you, and you, that is true. That is a, something that you, uh, that you bring up that a lot of people noticed in the last election. And I think this last election is, is probably one of the most poignant for a lot of reasons. Number one, because it was the, one of the only elections where, you know, the, uh, where President Trump never called Joe Biden to, uh, to offer a concession. It was, of course, uh, argued that the, um, that the, the votes in many states weren't constitutional. There was going to be a huge debate in the uh, Senate and a lot of senators standing up and saying we're not going to we're not going to vote to um, to allow any of these electoral votes. It was historically incredible, but also it was eye opening to a lot of people, a lot of people who never really paid attention to elections, who never really understood how they worked, who never really cared. But I think a lot of people nowadays see how weird it is that these votes can come in in the middle of the night, how weird it is that it seems like mostly Democrats are in charge of all these election boards, how weird it is that all of these mail-in ballots are coming in constantly, how, how weird it is that you can have so much voter fraud and people, you seem to think that it's, it's palatable as long as it's not too much voter fraud. Nobody really knew, or at least a lot of people were unaware, how voting laws were changed. And they were even more unaware that a lot of states were doing it illegally. And now, thanks to this election, it was bad, man. It was not fun. It was it was it caused a lot of mayhem and a lot of people's and a lot of angst and anger. But at the same time, it opened up a lot of eyes as crisis situations do. You know, after 9-11, we started to, to really we started to really hammer out our security at airports. We all had to take off our shoes after the shoe bomber got on a plane and started, you know, trying to flick his bick on his on his on his kids or his Adidas or whatever. I think it was I think it was Converse, actually. Uh, but anyway, so we started to take precautions after that with COVID-19. You went into these mask mandates and now all this other stuff. I believe that election 2020 was the crisis situation and crisis management now has to be enforced. The problem you have is that this is the this is one issue where the country is divided on what the crisis is. The Republicans see it as a crisis of Election integrity. Are the Democrats using mail-in voting to create votes out of thin air? Are the people counting the votes, counting them repeatedly or misrepresenting them? Are the people that are there to make sure that the that the uh, the election runs efficiently and smoothly and legally being pushed out by the Democrats? And for the Democrats, it's, oh, my God, all these people know what we're doing. How do we figure out a way to make sure that we can still do it without getting in trouble? And that's where H.R. 1 comes into play. And for those of, those of you that are nervous about H.R. 1 or unsure about H.R. 1, let me tell you about H.R. 1 and let me tell you why she's right. It can never pass. 855-765-1045. Quick break. The Marquee Show returns next.
Show. 855-765-1045. What's up, everybody? Hello, Patriots. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Neanderthal thinkers. We're so excited to have you. If you're a Neanderthal thinker, if you're if you're like, that's Neanderthal thinking, then you've come to the right place. Because when we think here, it's like Neanderthal. We try not to think a lot. But when we do, uh, we definitely want to make sure that we're thinking um, like Neanderthals. 8 to 8, 5, 5, 7, 6, 5, 1, 0, 4, 5. And again, for those of you that didn't hear Joe Biden last week talking about the folks in Texas and Mississippi, and I meant to and I totally neglected to do this. I meant to get clips of the governor of Mississippi. I forget his name. Uh, on He was on CNN. He was on the Jake Tapper. Thing. Remind me, Josh, remind me tomorrow to okay. get clips of the governor of Mississippi on CNN over the weekend because it was it was one of the. It was a really good interview. I'd never seen this guy speak. I had no idea what he was all about, but he handled himself very well. And he kind of, uh, he kind of, he kind of put, uh, Jake Tapper in his place. His name's Tate Reeves. Tate Reeves. And did a, did an excellent job, uh, an excellent job on CNN. And I, uh, and I think you people in Mississippi, uh, should be proud. Sissy in Mississippi, who played the game on, you should be proud of your governor. He, uh, he served you well. 855 a 1045. So, uh, HR1. HR1 is this new bill that is being, it's already been introduced and they're trying to push it through the Senate. And it's, it's one of those, it's one of those very interesting things that you have to look at and go, this clearly shows that the Democrats do not have the best interests of the country at heart. This is something where Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are basically, uh, they're looking at a power grab. They're saying, okay, we know, and they know the clock's ticking. They saw the thing you have to understand about the left is sure they're 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 selfish in a lot of ways. They are manipulative. Um, they're socialists. We understand all that. But you would be wrong, or you would be remiss to accuse them of being unintelligent or not smart or just dumb. And I know what you're thinking, but Mark, AOC, okay, I get it. Not all of them, you know, are 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 are, are scholars. But they are not they are not a dumb party. They are not. You don't get to be as successful as they have been in their in their in their ways without having some kind of intelligence and not being able to to think a couple of steps ahead and figure out the best way for you to maintain power. And the Democrats, they looked at 2020 not so much as a success, but as a massive failure. They got Biden into office. OK, they got their 50 vote slim majority in the Senate. Fifty one of you had Kamala Harris. Fine. They were able to hold on to the House of Representatives, but no Republicans lost. And in fact, Republicans gained about 15, 16 seats. There's still a couple up in the air. They did not have a great showing in the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi going into her last term as speaker because she already said this will be my last term as speaker. They know that they are staring down a loaded gun in 2022. They know that the Republicans taste blood in the water. They can see what's happening in the in the House. They know how many seats are up for grabs. They know which ones they need to win. And with Donald Trump acting as the as the force behind this with Donald Trump. Think about this. Donald Trump is not bogged down with the presidency anymore. Donald Trump is not bogged down with impeachment anymore. Donald Trump, really, the, the, the manacles of, of public service have been taken off. Donald Trump next year can do nothing but fly around the country having rally after rally after rally, campaigning for pro-Trump Republicans, campaigning for America first congressional candidates, campaigning against 
uh, Republicans who side with the Democrats, like Lisa Murkowski, like Liz Cheney, like Adam Kinzinger, like, you know, you know, the usual suspects. He is got all the time in the world. And while these other candidates are also still trying to do whatever it is they were elected to do, Donald Trump, his schedule is open. Couple rounds of golf here and there, couple of, you know, fundraisers, maybe go see, see Baron at a basketball game. I don't know. I don't even know if Baron plays basketball, whatever. Uh, math, math, athletics competition, whatever it is. And he's, and then he's done. He has nothing but the, the time and the energy and the desire and the vindictiveness to go out and campaign against his enemies and for his allies. And the Democrats, they know all of this. So they're petrified. They are fearful. They do not think they're going to win a lot of seats in 2022. They believe there's a great chance that they could lose both the House and the Senate, leaving poor, pitiful, pathetic, mind-wandering Joe Biden all alone in the White House to battle back conservatism. And that's going to be tough. So. They're trying to do everything they can in their next two years, year and a half really now, uh, to to make sure to solidify their power, to make sure that they will, even if they lose power or even if the elections are, are under scrutiny, they want to do everything that they can to make sure that they still have an unfair advantage, to make sure that they can maintain their power and to make sure that they don't lose because they hate to lose. And that's where H.R. 1 comes in. H.R. 1 is not something that benefits the entire country. It's not something that is good for all of America. It's not something that the framers of the Constitution wanted. It's not something that's constitutional at all. But the Democrats need it so that they never have to worry about losing an election again. Because what this does is it basically turns America into a one-party nation ruled by the Democrats. H.R. 1 takes every constitutional mandate regarding elections and throws it out the window, shreds the entire document and says, look, in the Constitution where they clearly say states run the elections, states choose the leadership, states choose the president. Each state is is uh, is solely responsible for running its own election. And the reason they do that is because you cannot have the executive in charge of the country, also in charge of the elections, the, the founding fathers, many of whom were smarter than most of the people currently residing in Washington, they knew that that corruption would be, I mean, would, would run rampant if you gave the president of the United States the ability to control elections. So they divvied it up to the states. So far, it's been going along pretty good. But the Democrats don't like it. They don't like it. So they want to have federal mandates. Like, for example, they want to mandate widespread mail-in voting. Just send out a, a ballot to every single voter registered, and that's it. If they want it, they can use it. If they don't, they can turn it in. However, how many of those ballots are going to go missing? How many of those ballots are going to get surrendered on voting day? How many of those ballots are going to get duplicated? How many of those ballots are going to be filled out by somebody who isn't on the ballot? We've already seen a little bit of it. Now they want it nationwide. They also want to make sure that the voter ID requirements are thrown uh, in the trash can. You can get this under H.R. 1. You can register up until Election Day. And by register, it means you can walk up and say, hi, I am a legal voter and you don't have to show ID. You don't have to be pre-registered. You can sign a little statement saying that you're a legal voter and you can vote. And then if it turns out you're not a legal voter, well, it's up to somebody else to go find that after the fact. 
There's a whole bunch of other things that they want to do in this bill. One of them is they want, of course, turn the District of Columbia into the 51st state, which gives them more representation in the Senate. Fun fact, the Constitution does not allow Congress and the Senate to change the District of Columbia. A constitutional amendment would need to be passed. And the good news for the rest of us is H.R. 1 itself, because it's not uh, one of these budgetary things like they ran through the COVID relief bill with because of because it's it's actual uh, legislation. They need to get rid of the filibuster first because H.R. 1 would require 60 votes to pass the Senate. And even with the 50 that they have. Wrapped up, there's probably a couple like Joe Manchin, like like uh, like Senator Cinema from Arizona, that might jump the boat. They might not go along with the uh, with the lockstep voting methods of the Democratic Party. There's a bunch of Republicans who I don't think would either. But just in case, what maybe two or three jump ship, you still don't have anywhere near the 60 you would need. It's an almost impossibility for the filibuster to be revoked. But if it is, stand back. Because there go your elections. There goes your 50 states. There goes the Democrats are going to just basically take a scalpel to the country. They're going to cut it up and they're going to sew it back together. And it's not going to look like anything that resembles anything. It's going to be a Frankenstein style monster. And it's only going to take orders from the Democrat Party. That's why the filibuster is so important. And that's why H.R. 1 is bringing that to light. 855-765-1045. I'm telling you, get your pitchforks. Get your get your torches. You got to go storm Frankenstein's castle before the monster gets away from them. By the way, that's all metaphorical. I'm not saying you should get a pitchfork or a torch and go anywhere. I don't want to be accused of, of inciting any kind of insurrection again. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marquee shows on the way. Stay tuned. Uh, 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. So um, Hannah's out today, by the way. And she had a, um, she had a, I guess, time off that she needed to yep. take or that she wanted to take. Or she was just, you know, every now and then, if you spend as much time with us, as as she does, you need a, like a mental health day. Yeah, Want to get away? Yeah, so she's off today. Bow, 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 bow. But um, she posted a photo on her Instagram of her new niece, the little baby, and we casually mentioned it. I think on the stream, we just mentioned. Oh yeah, that's what I was, was like, yeah. oh look at Hannah's Instagram, cute new baby picture, right? And all of a sudden, we got a text message from Hannah saying, um, why am I getting hundreds of new Instagram followers? I'm literally <laughs> just sitting at home eating soup. So then we went super troll with it, and we said, okay, everyone go to her Instagram now. And just write soup or ask her what kind of soup or, you know, tell her not to burn herself or something like that. Um, but anyway, we, we've been having a lot. Even when you're off from the show, you're really not off. Yeah, you can't escape. You can't escape us. We're Hotel, always... Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> you can check out anytime you want. But you can never leave. <laughs> 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. <laughs> Shannon is in Biloxi. Uh, Shannon, thanks so much for calling the Marque Show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, really well. Thank you so much for asking. What do you want to say today, uh, Shannon? Well, I want to tell you, Tate Reyes is the governor of Mississippi. He's wonderful. He's young. Yeah. Um, He's great. I wanted to, I, I know we have a lot of other political things to talk about, but I was worried about Dr. Jill. I haven't seen or heard or anything about her. Dr. Jill Biden. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? On the contrary, you know what they're doing is they're now she's actually um, she's now actually coming in, I guess, to rescue him during tricky press appearances. Uh, She was most notably at the at the immigration um, press conference and she jumped in. They've given her a larger say in the immigration, uh, which which is which is really now a crisis, a real humanitarian crisis at the border. So you're going to see a lot more of Dr. Jill. She's going to be stepping up and stepping in um, for Joe Biden when he can't, you know, appear somewhere, which is probably all the time. And Shannon, it's a great point because you know what it reminds me of a little bit? It gives me some early Hillary Clinton vibes. You know, it gives me, yeah, like here's a woman who is married to a powerful guy. Here's a woman who is, you know, on her own accord accomplished. She's a doctor, just like Hillary was a lawyer. Um, And now she's forced, forced to step into the spotlight because there's an issue that demands more attention than just one man can give it. So she, uh, being the diligent wife and first lady of the nation, is going to, you know, not adopt a traditional first lady type role with a charity or with, you know, the the battle against drugs like Nancy Reagan. She's going to get into politics and she's going to tackle abortion (laughs) or I'm sorry, she's going to tackle immigration. And so then when Joe Biden is too old to be president anymore or retires or after his eight years or four years or whatever, look, you know what? There's probably going to be a Senate race somewhere, maybe in Delaware, maybe in Pennsylvania. There's probably going to be, I know, something that she could do because she'll have gotten a taste for politics. And she knows she's got that name, Dr. Jill Biden. That name is too good to waste. Uh, you know, just just going off and being a former first lady. Um, she's probably going to dive into the uh, the arena as well. But a great call and a great question. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. Keep your eye on Dr. Jill, because, you know, if she pops up somewhere, it means Joe Biden's not there. And if Joe Biden's not there, we need to start thinking as to why. I mean, Kamala Harris the other day took a phone call from Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. We still have not seen a Joe Biden one on one press conference, nor have we have nor do we have on the schedule a State of the Union address. So those questions, those questions remain. And we're glad that you uh, you keep asking them. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five is our number. Quick break. More of the Marque show on the way. I'd rather have the Pfizer vaccine. Does anybody know where to get that? Yeah, I got a couple vowels in my car if you want to swing by after the show. 855-765-1045. You know, these vaccines, it's so interesting. It's like vaccine wars now. I don't know if you heard about this, but the um, but the uh, Catholic Church came out against the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because it was made from or tested on or there was uh, there were there were aborted fetus cells used in the production of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So a lot of uh, bishops and, and dioceses, uh, you know, priests in the diocese were saying, hey, if you can get the other vaccines, the Pfizer or the Moderna, that's preferable. The problem there being a lot of times you don't have a choice. You show up to get a vaccine. They're going to say we have the Moderna. You can't say, oh, well, I really want the Pfizer. They're going to be like, well, we don't have that one. We, you get what you get. You don't get upset. So uh, there's now a big debate going on in the Catholic Church whether or not you can take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine or if it is just immoral. The other question is, why is Joe Biden, who's supposedly this devout Catholic, spending all this money on a vaccine that is made from aborted fetus cells? So many questions regarding Joe Biden and his Catholicness. Um, that's just another one of them. 855-765-1045. Greg is in Pennsylvania. Hi, Greg. How are you? Hi, Mark. How are you? Oh, doing really well. Thanks so much for asking, Greg. What's up, man? What did you want to say today? Good. I was on your show on Friday, but this is... 
Two things I wanted to say. First, yeah. I'm so glad you got back to this topic. My father-in-law was VP in charge of quality control at this huge uh, pharmaceutical company. And yeah. all he did was fly around the world to the 150 factories and make uh, fix their mistakes. Yeah. So uh, that's all he did. He came back from South America once. And he goes, we're paying for 19 babies till the age of 25. And I said, excuse me? Uh, he goes, yeah, 19 women got pregnant on their batch of uh, birth control pills, and they're responsible to the age of 25. They get a credit card for everything they need, including college and cars. Uh, but uh, huh. I wanted to get back to HR1. Yeah. Or, all right, well, uh, let, one other thing about this virus. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, the vaccine. Yeah. I want everybody to take keep track of their symptoms and side effects because they are the trial for this vaccine. Normal vaccine trials run for years, and not only that, or not trials for vaccine, but normal drug vac vaccines go for years, any, any drug test, and they just started testing it on pregnant women uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. How long does that test year? Were they the same pregnant women that get the cards in the college in South America or different ones? Well, I don't know. This oh. is ready for this. They actually were going to give, after these women went through, the pregnant women went through the test in the United States, yeah. they're going to give them the vaccine if they want it after the test is done because they were given the placebo, okay? So they were given a sugar pill while other, and then they were exposed to the vaccine, uh, the virus. So, so it's, yeah. it's, it's just scary. Yeah. Keep track of that. No, Greg, it really is. Hey, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate He lost me there for a minute. But uh, I thought he said when his grandfather or whatever went to South America, came back and said, we're responsible for 19 pregnant women. I was like, whoa, that's that's a heck of a wild trip. But that's not what he meant at all. It was something. It was the drug company. 855-765-1045. This is Sissy in New Albany. Is this Sissy from Mississippi? It is. Hey, Sorry, Mark. we're good, Sissy. How are you? Always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm doing great. I was just calling to brag on my state. Yeah. Something I don't. Something I don't get to do too terribly often. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> hey, in Mississippi, when something good happens, we tell everybody because it doesn't happen all that often. No, well, yeah, to go ahead. This is, this is your moment. What did you want to say about Mississippi? Well, um, you know, of course, we dropped the mask mandate. Yeah. state to do that. First state um, that we passed a bill that prohibits males from participating in female sports. Yeah which I think is great. And our um, Mississippi representative Thompson, I believe he was the only Democrat in the House to vote against H.R. 1. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, what you're starting to see, and Mississippi is a great example of this, what you're starting to see is uh, as things get soup, like as things go just nuts on the federal level, as these Democrats, as these left wingers, I mean, they just have the run of the place. You know, they are just going. It's like that party in Colorado where the cops and the SWAT team were called out because the college kids just went crazy and they started flipping cop cars. You know, they had nothing else. They were pent up so long. They're just going buck wild and you need to, you know, kind of rein everybody back in. It's the same thing. Uh, what you're seeing is these states like Mississippi, Texas, here in Florida, for example, you've got conservatism, which still is the norm. And no matter what the federal government is doing, the states have the rights. This is the United States 
of America, not the Federation of the United States of America. So the states have the individual rights to do and act as they as they see fit. Ron DeSantis is in here battling back big tech and trying to pass legislature uh, legislation rather that will make it more difficult for them to be terrible, horrible people and, and censor conservative voices. He's also got, you know, more more voting, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? legislation in, in play that will make voting more secure and safer going into the next election. You're seeing that in states all over the country. The states are acting the way the states should and the conservative states are acting the most conservative. And that is going to keep the country. It'll, it's going to pull the country back from the brink which is where a lot of the country is headed. It's going to keep the federal government back from the brink. There will be lawsuits for sure. But just like H.R. 1, the way and, and it's a complicated and it's a very bizarre system of government that we've established. But basically what happens is the federal government can pass whatever law they want. If you can get 50, if you can get 51 or 50 plus Kamala Harris or whatever it is, if you can get enough people to vote for a law, And if you get the president of the United States to sign that law, it's a law and it could be the most unconstitutional law ever. Doesn't matter if you can get the 51 people to to vote for it. And if you can get the senator or the uh, president to sign off on it, it's law. If you think it's unconstitutional, you then have to go to court and you have to sue and you have to go to through the appellate system and the federal appeals court. And then you end up at the Supreme Court and it's the Supreme Court who has the right to say, yes, that law is unconstitutional and it can be stricken. They just strike it down and that's their job. So H.R. 1, which will be difficult to pass with the filibuster, is not constitutional. It will take a long time to go through the court system, but it should eventually wind up in the Supreme Court where one would think that it would be stricken. One would think the Supreme Court would have no problem saying, well, this is clearly unconstitutional, but The Supreme Court's been acting a little wonky lately. The Supreme Court has not been taking cases that only the Supreme Court can take. The Supreme Court has been passing on cases that the Supreme Court should have stepped in on because they're the only court in the land that has jurisdiction. And that's why it's a little tricky. That's why the fight is so contentious. Because if these things squeak by in any way, shape or form, you may still have the Supreme Court uh, allowing it to happen, even if it's clearly unconstitutional 855-765-1045 gotta take one more quick break i will get to a couple more phone calls here in just a minute 855-765-1045 stay tuned more of the marquee show next The Marcation, man, we are a power. We can make anything happen. We can make it. For those of you that are following along the Hannah Guile uh, Instagram soup. The soup date. The soup date. Yeah, we have a soup date for you. She um, she mentioned that she was eating soup, and all of a sudden, she just got a, a slew of new Instagram followers. So then we may have offhandedly suggested that if you're one of her new Instagram followers, ask her what kind of soup she's enjoying, which led to a bevy of comments on her photo about yep. soup. Um, so she just posted a photo. <laughs> she posted two pictures. Uh, yeah, of her so soup. So multiple angles of it the looks soup. Like some kind of it looks like a minestrone, maybe, right? Or a vegetable beef or something. I don't know. It looks it looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. It I'm matches her tabletop. And I like her stoneware. It's, yeah, very, it's nice. very nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, eight, <laughs> you can follow her along. You can follow her along on uh, on Instagram if you want. 855-765-1045. Remind me tomorrow. I have to talk. Rem- okay, so tomorrow I want, I'm going to go and get this, um, this Governor Mississippi interview from CNN because I think it says a lot about Mississippi and all conservatism and also a lot more about CNN and Jake Tapper. Uh, but also, I'm um, pens. Pens. Write down pen, not pens. Not pence. 
pens. Pens. I have something I need to ask about pens. Like the writing utensil? The writing utensil, not the former vice president. Okay. All right. 855-765-1045. This is Christine in Massachusetts. How are you, Christine? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. What do you want to say, uh, Christine? Well, you did answer a lot of my questions on the HR1 thing going through, but I have one more question. Yeah. We have a House of Representatives, Mm -hmm. people we elected to represent the people, not tear apart our Constitution. Mm. Now, they took an oath. Didn't they take an oath to uphold the Constitution? They did, yeah. Well, what the heck is going on that they have to wreck it up? I want to know what to do about these people. When do we start impeaching the people that are not keeping their oath to uphold the Constitution? Yeah, look, I mean, you. The, the trouble is, we don't have the power of impeachment as people. We have, we've. I mean, that that lies with your elected representative. So you really need to lay on your elected representative. We have, you know, we have for the first time here, at least I have in my life, really pressed my own my own congressperson into action. And, and, you know, I got a little bit of action. I got a little, little bit of information. But that's where the accountability comes. You have to vote out people. And this is why Donald Trump is going to be such a factor in next year's election. He's going to remind everybody that when somebody votes to, I mean, I mean and this, this impeachment vote, it was more than an impeachment vote. Because what, what Liz Cheney and the other nine idiots in the House of Representatives who who have the R next to their name but voted with the Democrats and what the seven senators who are in, you know, have the R next to their name but voted with the Democrats to remove Donald Trump from office, what they did was they not only sided with people who will do anything to stop what you love, what I love, tear apart the Constitution, as you noticed, not only did they side with them, but they attacked and uh, your president, who you voted for, who uh, a majority of the Republican Party voted for, and in, and in essence attacked you. And Donald Trump, again, he's not just one person. Everyone's like, you guys are blinded. He's one person. He's got you all food. He's a con man, all that. No, it's not Donald Trump. It's what Donald Trump stands for. And Donald Trump stands for conservatism. He stands for traditional constitutionalism. He stands for the United States of America. He stands for putting America first. And and it's and it's basically boiled down to do you put America first or not? And if you don't put America first, I mean, that that's the line in the sand. That's where it is moving forward. And so all of these senators and all of these congresspeople who are now facing political uncertainty because they voted to throw out Donald Trump, they voted to throw out America or at least America first. They voted against their constituents, who many, many of whom, probably most of whom, voted to support Donald Trump. And, and you can't have it both ways. It's like being an evangelical pro-life Christian for Biden. You can't be pro-life and put one of the most pro-choice presidents in history in the White House and then act shocked and surprised. You can't vote against every one of your constituents. You can't be Liz Cheney and say, hey, Wyoming, I know like 70 percent of you voted for Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for to impeach him and think you're going to get reelected. You can't be like Lisa Murkowski, who voted pretty much with the Democrats on nine different things in the last six years, really important things, and think that you're not going to get visits from Donald Trump every couple months until Election Day 2022. I mean, it, it's going to happen. This is exactly what the repercussions are. Sure, you can make the choice. You can make the choice to follow the political winds. And when the Democrats take office, you can blow over with them. But when, but two years later, when Donald Trump rolls into town, along with his 75 million voters, you're going to get blown out. 
855-765-1045. All right. Tomorrow, we'll be back. We've got a massive amount of mail, which we'll get to. I'll bring you that information about the governor of Mississippi and CNN and more updates on Hannah Soup. Stay tuned for Traffic Weather News. Rush Limbaugh. The Rush Limbaugh Show is next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.